Tonight's message title is, Is There Not a Cause? This is the question that David posed to his oldest brother on the battlefield before he would go and fight Goliath. And this question rings true even to this very hour today. Is there not a cause to continue to fight? In 1 Samuel 17, we see the army of the living God, Israel, encamped in the valley of Elah on one mountain the Philistines were there, and on the other, the armies of Israel. And the Bible records that there was a champion from Gath that went out for 40 days by the name of Goliath. Goliath was no doubt from the line of the Anakim, the giants that land in the land where Joshua, some 400 years before, uh, spied out the land with the other spies, and Goliath was something to behold. He stood over nine feet tall, and his weapons and his armor matched his size. Estimations of his armor was that it weighed 200 pounds in itself. And as they were in this valley, Goliath, for 40 days, morning and evening, he presented himself. He cried out a challenge before God's people. And the Bible records it in 1 Samuel 17. He said, why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Here in the valley of Elah, we find God's people paralyzed by fear in the face of a giant. I'm afraid today that the many giants that we're facing spiritually in this nation, the many giants that we're facing in our families, the many difficulties that seemingly is impossible before us, many of us, we are paralyzed in fear. We, we have lost our hope. We've, we've lost our fight. And tonight I want to remind us that there is a cause. There's a cause to get up and fight. Goliath, he came out in his full battle armor for those 40 days, and he used that as means to intimidate God's people. And I want you to know that the enemy, even today, in my mind, he tried to intimidate me. He tried to say, this will never change. There's no hope for this situation. He tried to uh, remind me of, of my failures. He tried to remind me uh, of times where I, I seemingly uh, was not successful in my attempts to honor God in some way. And, and he tried today, and I know he's tried in some of you today too. But tonight I want you to take notes of what's going to take place. You see, courage is contagious. I'm going to say that again. Courage is contagious. 
but so is cowardice. King Saul, the one whom the Bible records that he stood head and shoulders above every other man of Israel, he was along with the many others in the army, paralyzed by fear. And as I thought about this, as I prepared this message, we, we hear of Saul prior to this as a man of military prowess, as a man of war, as a man who was successful in battle. But something had changed. You see, the Spirit of God had departed from him. He was no longer bold. He was no longer courageous because the Spirit of God had left him because of sin. I'm afraid some of us tonight, that might be the cause of our fearfulness. That might be the cause of our fruitlessness. Is that the Spirit of God has not, is not filling us. We're not, we're not experiencing Him. We're not experiencing the boldness that comes from being in the presence of God. David's gonna burst on the scene here. He's on assignment from his father to check on the well-being of his brothers. But what's so special about David? He's just a teenager. Bible records him as a ruddy youth. He had, he had a red tint to his skin. He, he, he had a childish-like build at this point. He was just a teenager. But David had been anointed with oil at this point. Samuel had already proclaimed what God had told him to proclaim, that he would be the next king of Israel. David, he had communion with God. He had a closeness with God. And I want to remind somebody tonight, that is where boldness comes from. That is where courage comes from. That is where the victory is won. It's in private. You see, private intimacy with God often leads to public victories. And we're going to see tonight how the righteous, those who are right with God, those who are seeking God, those who are pressing into God, can be bold in battle, can can have that assurance that God will be with them. And how those who lack intimacy with God fear. I was reminded this week of the, the 12 spies that went into the land. And they said that we are like grasshoppers to them, but there were two, Joshua and Caleb, and they, they saw the land that it was filled with milk and honey and, and, and that God had already given the victory. And I've seen this, that the bigger God is in your view, the smaller your enemies are. But the smaller God is and the lack of intimacy with God always shows up in the fear of man some way or another. So I want to encourage us tonight, I want to encourage you to have Faith in God, once again, because there is a cause. I want you to see tonight, first of all, remember the king has promised reward. <laughs> remember that because of the, the battle ahead of us, because of the cause that we are standing for, that the king has promised rewards. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 25, David had made his way into the camp and he, he found his brothers and he is now... Uh, he, he was there when Goliath made his his entry, when he made his uh, his calling out of the people, and he went and he heard this, and he couldn't believe that 
that this Philistine would defy the armies of God. And so he says to them, he, he hears from some of the men what the reward would be for the man that would go out and fight him. And the Bible says, surely, uh, the, 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 the men speak, says, surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that that man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. So I want you to see King Saul, he offers this compensation package to the man who would kill Goliath. It was quite a package. He gave, he offered riches, he offered one of his princesses, one of his daughters, and he offered tax exemption for that man's family in Israel. This is quite a package. Because no one wanted to fight on everyone for 40 days were fearful. So we had to sweeten the deal. David hears this and his, his curiosity or maybe his, his, uh, his, uh, he was intrigued by this and he, he heard this, uh, this reward. And I want to remind us tonight something. See, if we fight for the cause of Christ, if we fight our battles, I want you to understand something. There are rewards for us as well. The king has promised rewards. The king has promised to give crowns. He's, he's promised to give rewards in this life and in the next life as well. He's promised his blessing upon the life that seeks him first. He's promised to reward those faithful in battle, those who serve him and who are valiant in uh, faith and who walk with him. He's promised to reward us. I think sometimes my kids are more motivated by rewards than reprimand. And you guys, you know, you threaten your kids and say, you better do this or else. But if I say, if you do this, I will give you this. You see a light, a glimmer come on. You see, you see a, a, some motivation there. You see some, uh, some desire behind it. And I'm telling you, this is what God does with us. He says, if you obey me, I will give you blessings. I will, I will fill up your cup. I will, I will, I will make a table in front of your enemies in the wilderness. I will, I will honor those who honor me. And I want to remind somebody tonight that you are in a battle. Yes. But I want you to understand this, that there are rewards. You are fighting for something. You are competing for something. I don't know if there's any competitive people in here, but I'm telling you, we should have it in our spiritual hindsight, in our spiritual mind that, hey, we are fighting a good fight because the King has promised rewards. And if you're in Christ tonight, you've already received uh, the promise of salvation, the promise of, of the, the hope of heaven. You have Him. You have the ultimate reward. And I want you to remind yourself, and I have to remind myself this week, that the reason why we battle, the reason why we continue on in this fight is because the King has rewarded us. And He will future reward us even more in the future. So King Saul's compensation package was quite a package. And David hears about it, but I want you to see his brother, Eliab, he's not happy about what David's uh, asking about, what he's inquiring about. In 1 Samuel 17 and verse 28, now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David and said, why did you come down here? 
And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I now, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Now I want you to understand what the cause is really quickly. The cause that David is referring to here is God's honor. You guys, is anyone else tired of the, the world mocking our God? You see, the, the world is, they're doing the same thing that they were doing, that, that Goliath was doing. They're parading, they're, they're, they're mocking our God, they're loud, they're, boish, they're boisterous, they're unified in their front, and, and they're mocking God, and, and they're, they're trying to uh, redefine what God has said uh, is a man or a woman. They're trying to do all these things in the face of God and, 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 and in front of His people, and, and sometimes it feels like we're helpless, like there's nothing we can do, but I want you to know there is something that we can do, and I'm going to talk about it in just a moment. You see, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual to the breaking down of strongholds. And I want to encourage somebody. You see, David's going to have a battle before the battle. This is how it always is. And I find it to be true that often uh, the enemy will, will try to bring up a, even a brother or sister in Christ to discourage us. To, to, to try to label us, to try to, uh, try to stop what we're doing because they've been immobilized by fear. They have lack of faith and so they're going to come after us. So either if he's mad, he's accusing David of being prideful. He's, he's accusing him of being arrogant. And that's what's going to happen to you and I when we try to do big things for God, when we take steps of faith for God, when we speak boldly on behalf of God. There will be those who try to label us and try to say uh, that our motives are wrong. They're going to question our qualifications. But I'm so thankful that God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. <laughs> This is what Eliab is saying. Eliab had been in battle. He had been with King Saul for a while. And he says, David, why are you here? Well, who you left those sheep with? He's mocking him in front of his, the, the army. Uh, he said, and I know the pride of your heart. You came to see the battle. That's your motive of being here. You want to see the fight. You're not qualified to be here. You're not qualified to speak, David. You're just a teenager. Go sit down somewhere. <laughs> That's what he's saying. And that's what I want to remind you. Maybe you tried to step out of faith and the enemy is just telling you, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You'll never be successful in that. You'll never, you'll never make a difference. You're not qualified. You don't have the resume or what it might be. And I'm going to tell somebody tonight, God will qualify you when you have a relationship with God, when you are near to God, when you love God, He will qualify you. He'll put you in the room with kings. He'll put you in the, in the battle. He'll put you where He wants to put you. And He'll do the work. I'm telling you, this is a, God has shown me this. I've been in the room with senators and they're asking me questions. And I'm telling, it blows my mind. And I'm telling you, uh, God will put you in places where, where 
Seemingly you shouldn't be, but it's a divine appointment. David was supposed to be there on that day. And God was going to use David. I want to tell somebody, I want to encourage you tonight. God wants to use each and every one of us. God has a work for each and every one of us where he will be glorified through our lives. We won't get the glory. We won't get the credit, but he will. And that's what he desires. That's what he's wanting from his people. I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight. You see, David, his brother, tried to tell him he was insignificant. Why did you come down here? Who did you leave those sheep with? He was angry because he thought he knew David's motivation. He said, I know the pride in your heart. And he was also angry because he thought that David was trying to provoke someone else to fight Goliath. And that's the last thing that fearful people want to do is for, <laughs> for, for someone to call them out on their fear. And someone to point out, hey, why isn't anybody doing anything. I sat with uh, one of the men from the church today at, at breakfast and he was telling me how some of his friends who attends other churches in the valley, how when he mentions that he goes to the to West Side, now they, they look at him sideways. <laughs> and he said that they've labeled us as 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 racist, as homophobic. Listen to me. They've labeled us. And um, these were the same churches that stayed closed for a whole year during COVID. This was the same churches where when kids were committing suicide uh, more than they were getting saved during COVID, they kept their doors closed. This is the same people who turned us in at the Jet Hot Stadium because we weren't observing uh, social distancing. These are the same people that when they said go get the jab, they were the first in line to go get it. They didn't even want to pray about it. I'm telling you, these are the same people who are covered in fear. They don't hear from God. And I'm telling you something tonight. Hey, they're going to come after us. And you know what I said when he said that? Well, praise God. Hey, I don't want the cowards to say, hey, I want you to be in my team. Hey, I want those who are bold in God. If everybody likes us, we're not doing it right. And I'll probably upset somebody tonight. I'm sorry. I apologize. But I want, I want you to get this. This is what Eliab was doing. He was saying, David, you, you don't just, you're, you're wrong. Your motives are wrong. You're not qualified. Why are you here? But truthfully, he was angry and upset with him because David was right. This is the army of the living God, and no one's willing to fight this man. Like God isn't bigger than that giant. Like God can't give the victory. And they were all dismayed and afraid. So that brings me to my next point. We must remember that we serve the living God. We must remember that we serve the living God. Because when we realize who we serve, we don't have to bow before any man. We don't have to fear anything. We don't have to fear anyone, any circumstance. So David... He answers his brother correctly. He said, is there not a cause? And the cause that David was concerned with most was not his own. 
was not his own motives or ambition. It was God's honor. This was God's army. They were God's people, and he was concerned with God's name. So he goes on in verse 34, he says, But David said to Saul, so now he's in front of Saul. Those other men heard what he was saying, and they brought him to Saul. Um, and David says, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and there was a lion and a bear that came and took the lamb out of the flock, and I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Remember who we serve. Hey, we do not have to shirk back from any of these spiritual battles that we're facing. Not because in ourselves we have the power, but because of who we serve, we can go in boldly and, and ask for grace in our time of need. We can fight the good fight because of who it is that we belong to. I don't know who needs to hear this tonight. You might be fighting a giant right now, but I want to remind you, get your eye off the giant and look to God once again and remember who it is that you serve. These, they were the army of the living God. Let me remind us tonight, we are the church of the living God. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Hey, the school districts can pump all the perversion they want. Oh, I'm telling you, if we get on on our job, if we begin to pray, if we begin to worship like we were tonight, if we begin to uh, have heaven show up on earth, hey, we will see God push back the darkness. We will see the light come through and make a difference. And I'm telling somebody tonight, remember who you serve. I have to remind myself, because sometimes we get discouraged, don't we? We look at how everything is going. And we think, hey, there's no way we can make a difference, but we can because of who we serve. We are the people of God. And I, I want you to just remind yourselves tonight of things that God has already done. I had to remind myself this week of the victories that God has already wrought. And He's not done. As we sung it earlier tonight, this generation is going to know that He's God. That's my prayer, that Gen Zers are going to see a move of God. And it's going to be, it's going to be undeniable that there is a God in heaven, and He's the God of the Bible. And He's going to turn things around, I believe it. You know why we're praying for revival? It's not so that we can go back to Wally and, and, and leave it to Beaver. <laughs> it's not that we're, we're trying to go back to the 1940s in America. I'm praying for revival because there's a cause. The, the name of God is at stake. The glory of God. I want to see God be glorified in this generation. This is why we haven't packed up and moved to Idaho yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is why we stay here in Los Angeles County. Because there's a cause. 
And this church is making a dent in the darkness. I mean, this week, testimony after testimony. We have people in service on Sunday from England who's, who listens to the messages and being blessed over in England. I'm telling you, I can tell you other things. Prisons across the nations. I've got letters from multiple prisons across the na- nation. Men and women uh, write to this uh, this ministry. Men on death row. I'm telling you, we're making a difference. And what the enemy wants you to think is that we aren't making a difference. That we can't uh, see God do something miraculous. But I want to tell somebody tonight, hey, we serve the living God. And even when we can't see it, he's working. That's not just a song we sing. That's reality. But I want you to see, we also must remember to use proven weapons in our battle. Saul tried to give David his armor. We'll see it here. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail and David fastened his sword and, uh, fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them and David said to Saul I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them or proven them so David took them off then he took his staff in hand what he used (laughs) out tending to the sheep and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine David was going to use the weapons that he had proven while out in the wilderness watching the sheep. And I want to remind us tonight, as I mentioned earlier, there are proven weapons that we have at our disposal that God has given us. He's given us Him. He's given us His Spirit. I want you to understand tonight who you are. You are a vessel of God because His Spirit lives within you. When you walk in the room, and if you're walking in your authority that's been given to you, you know what Jesus said to those saints, the early church? He said, all power is given unto me. You go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, and lo, I am with you. Hey, when you walk in any room, you're not alone. You don't have to fear anything or anyone. I've been in rooms where the atmosphere was no doubt demonic, but I'm telling you, uh, the demons have to submit to the Spirit of God that lives within you and me. And you know what the church is and what it always has been called to be? We've been called to be preservatives in a generation. We've been called to be salt and light. You understand that salt was the main preservative in that day. And it was so valuable because of its functions. And I'm telling you what we are seeing, the decay of this nation, the only way we're going to see that reverse is if we start being salt again. We start being bold. We start seeking God and fighting with the weapons of our warfare. This is why we say, we don't care if your gun safe is full. Your prayer closet, is it loaded? When was the last time you skipped a meal to pray? See, that's our weapons of warfare. They're not carnal. They're spiritual. This is what the Bible says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. I want you to hear this. Mighty. Our weapons are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. You say, I, I just 
seemingly can't beat this giant of addiction. I seemingly cannot beat this other giant that I'm facing or whatever it might be. I want to remind you tonight, have you utilized the weapons? I've seen it a hundred times. Someone maybe falls back into something. It's because they put down their sword for a few weeks. It's because the prayer closet's been vacated. It's because the flesh is running rampant. We're not subduing our flesh through fasting and through seeking God. I'm telling you, that is usually the slow drift that leads to the fall. And I want to encourage somebody today to pick up your weapons. Pick up your weapons. The spiritual weapons. Put on the armor. I, I want to remind us tonight that we are in a battle. We are in a battle. Whether you will acknowledge it or not, if you are saved tonight, you are in a battle. And you would not go into war tomorrow uh, with your sweatpants on, with, with no weapons, right? No, you, you, you do whatever. You put the body armor on. You'd have the gun loaded. You'd have the helmet. You'd have everything that you could possibly have that's going to preserve you. And I want to remind somebody tonight that we have to use those proven weapons. You guys want to know why we are so adamant about worship and prayer and why in October we're going to fast again. Why are we going to try to uh, have another meeting where God, we're asking God to rend the heavens? Why are we doing all these things? Because we're in a battle. The enemy's coming for your family. He's coming for your marriage, just like he's coming for ours. He's coming for your kids. I'm telling you, we've got to be sober and vigilant in these days because our adversary, the devil, is roaming about seeking whom he may devour. He's running rampant. Just like David hadn't proven the weapons that Saul tried to give him, he went to the, the, the sling and the stones and his staff that he had, had experience with. I want to encourage some of you tonight to, to gain experience with the spiritual weapons that God has given us. I want to see next. We must remember that the battle is the Lord's. Just remember that. I know this is seem, it, it seems so simple, but I want you to remember this. We are fighting, but ultimately, God is going to win the victory. God is going to do the work. I want you to see it. Verse 45, Then David said to the Philistine, after Goliath mocked him and said, This is who you sent out to fight me? Am I a dog? David's response was this, You have come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. I love David. I love it. I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to take your head off. (laughs) And this day I will give your carcasses the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines. So he said, not only are you going down, but your whole camp about to go down. To the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save by sword or spear, 
for the battle is the Lord's. And I want to remind somebody tonight, the battle is the Lord's. David was able to go with boldness because he wasn't fighting for his own glory. He was fighting for God's name. And that's where we got to get. We've got to get to the point where what we do is it is for God. It's not for us. It's not our motives is not to be recognized, not to be seen, not to be. It's not about our name, but it's about his name. And I'm telling you, when we get there, when we humble ourselves and we're to that point of desperation where we've got to see God move, where we've got to see God win the victory, where all of our hope and faith is resting in him and him alone, not our abilities. I'm telling you, that's when God's going to show up. We must fight for his glory. And I want you to see lastly tonight, and we're done. Remember that courage is contagious, but so is cowardice. You guys know the rest of the story. Verse 48, so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone, the stone sank in his forehead and he fell to his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath and killed him, cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. <laughs> I want you to see. Courage is contagious. Hey, you see it all throughout the Bible. God said, uh, Joshua said it, be courageous. God told it to Joshua, excuse me. Fear not. Be, be strong and courageous. And I want you to uh, just get this because many of us, we, um, we wait to see what's going to happen before we step out in faith. <laughs> and this is what the, this is what the Israelites did. You see, after David cuts off Goliath's head, then we'll see the armies begin to rush. The armies begin to pursue the Philistines. And it's a, it's a, a battle that would go on and they would be victorious. But I want to remind us tonight that we got to be willing to step out in faith, to be courageous, because it's contagious. And God will use that. David was willing to do that. As I said earlier, cowardice is also contagious. Hey, our kids are going to know. Our kids are going to know if, if we just lay down and, and just didn't fight the good fight for, for their generation. They're going to know. And your kids will know if you do fight the good fight. Your kids will know if you are pressing in. Your kids will know. Uh, mom and dad, they, they have stepped out in faith to serve God. They're courageous. They, they pray. Uh, they, they're not afraid. They're not living in fear. And I've seen them take uh, steps of faith to, to honor God. I've seen it. And I want that to be my legacy. And I know that's what you want for your legacy. My heart always... It's overjoyed when I see our teens worshiping and our kids worshiping, and we, we, it's just something in my heart that that just it just just encourages me to keep on fighting the good fight. 
Because there is one that comes after us. There is a generation coming after us. And they need to be be led by our courage. They need to be encouraged by our testimonies. And I want to tell you tonight, guys, hey, there's a cause. There's a cause. And we need to remember who it is we serve. We need to remember the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We need to remember that the battle is the Lord's. We need to remember that He's already won the victory. And I want to, and I want to remind us tonight to keep fighting. There's a cause. You know, worship is warfare. Y'all know that, right? It pushes back the demonic realm. It pushes back the enemy. And I'm, I want to encourage us during this time of worship to, to press in. If, if you're facing a giant tonight, if there's something looming and you, it's, it, you, you just seemingly can't win that victory, I want you to come to the altar tonight and ask God to, to fill you up anew and afresh with his spirit and ask him to fight your battle. I, I know some of us tonight, what we need to do is just get out the way. You might be contending for your spouse, but what God might be telling you to do is to get out the way. Just pray. Just wait on me. I'm telling you, you might be contending for your prodigal children, and God is saying, stop stop trying to make it happen. Wait on me. I heard a testimony today about a man, his marriage was about to split. He's, he's texting his wife every day, and, and she's not responding. He's away on a business trip, and... He's broken finally. He, he, he cries out in his hotel room. says, God, what can I do? God, what can I do? And he said he heard God speak to him. He says, you can't do anything, but watch me. He said the next morning he got up, he texted his wife like he had been doing for days with no response. And his wife, he, he heard his phone buzz a few minutes later. His wife responded. And um, she told him when he got home, something just told me to respond to you at that. She didn't know it was God. <laughs> something just told me to answer, reply to the text now. And I want to tell you guys tonight, we do serve the living God. He is alive and on the throne in heaven. He's not concerned with our economy. He's not concerned with anything that is playing out because he's sovereign over everything. He, under, he, he is outside of the realm that we are bound to. And I want you to get it tonight. Hey, when we say that we serve the living God, there is nothing that he can't do. Do you believe that tonight? Our lives should display that, that faith in him. That's what he's attracted to. David, he, he stepped out in faith, he, he stepped out for God's name, for God's glory, and he said, God's going to give me this Philistine. And I believe that that's what we need to do. So tonight, the altar's open. If you need to step out in faith and ask God to give you something, ask God to, to move in a way to, to, to slay a giant in your life, come to the altar. He can do that. 